Burgers, fries, soda. Burgers, fries, soda. Eating the same meal day after day or working the same job with the same expectations every day and hoping for recognition. How about being in a marriage where you are doing all the work and waiting for it to become better? Have you received your recognition there? In a friendship, are you getting the reciprocal energy in return? So if you continue to stay in situations like those, are you acting? And if you are acting, why are you acting? We all have been or done the burgers, fries, and soda scenario. I know now I am ready for something else, something amazing. And so how do I get there? This episode in the actor's studio, we ask the important questions Why am I happy eating burgers, fries, and soda every day? I see celebrities and influencers and successful people. Are they satisfied with burgers, fries, and soda? I don't see them eating burgers, fries, and soda. So what are they asking themselves or telling themselves in order to get something better than burgers, fries, and goddamn soda? I don't know about you, but I want a steak grass-fed and finished and a salad with organic ingredients and homemade dressing made by me. I want to feed my body. I don't want to shovel in whatever someone else tells me to. Thank you for listening to this episode in the Actors Studio with TikTok sensation Kitty Rebellion and your producer, me, Edith Ivy Rosenblatt. Thank you and enjoy the show. I'm back for more. Hello, Kitty Rebellion, darling. We have way too much fun. You know that? I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Welcome back, listeners. It's Kitty Rebellion and Edith Ivy Rosenblatt. Part two. Part two, actors in the actor's studio. Uh, I'm, a, I'm almost a lifelong member of that again. I'm going to say I deserved an Oscar. Wow. <laughs> That's great reflection, man. That is so awesome. I, I'm telling you, after 40, I got moved backstage. So tell me, tell me about that. So when you realize you're acting and not being authentic there has to be a period of reflection there has to be a time of what am I doing and why and then the next thing would be how do I get out of this so because I'm aging I wasn't out front so much and this is just my personal story about ageism okay um all the acting I was not a part of the young crowd anymore and so I got pushed back to the backstage this was a time of reflection this was helping other people act my participation in that not realizing that's what I was doing was helping other people act and get them ready to put them on stage and then I decided this is not for me this is not real this is not who I am. Hence, I left the backstage and now I am in the audience watching the life stage. 
And that's so where I am today. So you, you're, what you're saying is you can see now. I can see. You can see what's in all front the of acting. Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because one actor would know another actor, right? Right. You know. You know now. Yeah, I used to do that. So I recognize what you're doing. Oh. So I'm in the audience watching, and some of them are good. <laughs> well, so. You go first and then I'll go um, because, you know, the last podcast was about the actual acting Mm -hmm. part. How can you identify an actor? Tell me. Um, The first thing I look for, do their action and their words match? I look for that. And that sometimes take a little, sometimes people give themselves away in what they do and what they say. If you're paying attention. So I'm very careful of always paying attention to my surroundings and who's in front of me, who's to the side of me, who's in back of me. But um, yeah, I recognize another actor when I start, when I, when I'm listening to them, because I did the same thing. How could I not? Yeah. But what, tell me uh, what exactly do they do that kind of triggers you and says, I know what you're doing when somebody's real. Usually it's when somebody's really super nice to me, like super nice. I get very much. Um, why does this person want me to like them so much? Like overly compensating, being extra nice, going out of their way. And feel like they have to get my validation of they're okay. So it's overdoing huh. it that I'm like, wait a minute, something's something's off Toxic here. Toxic positivity. And I'm like, this isn't, this is no, this is no, this. I just get this feeling that comes over me that says, I know what you're doing. And being okay, recognizing that instead of enabling and letting people, you know, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Right. And letting people know you're in a safe space. And that hurts me when I have to do that because it's that self-defense mechanism. I need to be who you need me to be so that I can be okay. Yeah. And I can be liked by you and, and then, and then get my validation from you and, Right, right. Or later on, I'll hear, you know, oh, so-and-so doesn't like you too much. And I'm like, well, that's really weird because they were super nice to me. Like, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, I already know. I already know. And it's okay. You know, that's their deal. But the words and the actions have to match or somebody overly compensating, being nice. um, That's probably the first thing I look at is how nice are they being to me? Hmm. Is it too much? Because it doesn't, it doesn't, it feels forced. That's the other thing. The vibe is it feels forced. That's interesting. That's interesting perspective. I've got some perspective on that because I've been able to see people for who they are too. And, um, and you were right. You're spot on. If your actions don't match your words, right? Right. Um, I had a group of friends that I was hanging out with and you were right. Like I just started watching this woman and she was telling on herself constantly. She would say, 
she she was you know she was she got a new job and she was talking about how difficult it was to do this particular job but she learned that if she was really nice and learned and listened about the other person that she could manipulate their reality and get it to where they relied solely on her. Mm. Is it so she could be the hero? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I learned about that. And then you had another one in the group who was helpless, helpless and everybody was out to get her and, she constantly complained about everybody else and nothing was her fault. And she had a lawyer and her family was always against her. And, and that's acting too, right? Like I could see that for what that is. Mm -hmm. None of us are guilt-free. None of us are perfect. Nobody is without fault in a situation, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as we take responsibility for our own selves and the bullshit that we put ourselves through instead of making it everybody else's problem. The growth and being proactive. Yeah. I don't for think yourself. I don't think that's possible when you're acting, you're being reactive to um, whatever you're trying to be. Right, right. And that reactiveness waiting, are they going to clap for me? Are they going to give me flowers? Am I going to be the star of the show? Um, That is not authentic. Uh, Getting off of that stage takes guts. Anybody who can get off that stage, because I've seen people die still acting and never had a chance to be authentic, never gave themselves the opportunity to be authentic. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like this situation. I'm going to bring this up. Will Smith, the slap heard around the world. Yeah. Now, I my belief is that he and Chris Rock knew what they were doing. Okay. That's my belief. Because the, the two of them, I mean, Will Smith is an enlightened soul, okay? And he talks about his enlightenment and shit like that. And he witnesses to people and he shows them what narcissism looks like. And let me say that, oh, he, oh, he can't be in the Oscars and, and all of this anymore for 10 years. He doesn't give a shit. Why should he care? I'm still up in the air about the whole thing because I don't feel like the truth has been laid out. So it's hard for me. He's an actor. That's my point. He's an actor. That is, was an act. They don't stop acting when you're an actor. Okay. Mm, Okay. He won an Oscar for a reason. Okay. Uh huh. And that's my point. If he was truly concerned about anything to do with the Oscars, he wouldn't have done what he did. What he did. 
but he wasn't. His ego is such that he got up from his chair. He went over to Chris Rock. He bitch slapped him, laughed, and walked all the way back to his seat. And, and I apologize because I'm still a little confused about the whole thing. You, 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 you don't believe he was being authentic in that moment. He was being I an actor. He was being authentic. He, it was art impersonating. It was uh, art impersonating life, impersonating art, impersonating life. Whew. That's, probably, that's probably a level too high for me. That's why I'm not getting it. Oh. So I apologize because I'm not there yet. And and I like that I can say that now before I would just like, yeah, like I don't have to pretend to understand it or um, belittle it or say nothing at all. Like I'm so right. comfortable going, that's above, that's above where I am right now. And I think I'm going to get there where I'm like, oh my, it might be two, three years where I'm like, oh my God, Edith. Remember I get when it. we were talking about that? I get it now. And I don't beat myself up anymore for not understanding. Like, if, it, if I'm not there, I'm not there. And I openly say that. And I feel, and I, feel um, I don't need to be validated. I don't, need to, I don't need any of that. I just have to speak my truth and where right. I am right now. So I'm going to carry that with me. And I, and I say this a lot, there's things that I, that I place on myself and I'll carry them. And then there's going to be a day because I trust, I know there's going to be a day where it hits me and then I can finally let it go in, in, in peace. It's here. I'll, I'll, um, I'll try to explain it like this. We are all at the end of the day, we are all still human and we revert back to old habits of behavior. Okay. Unapologetically and sometimes on autopilot. Does that make any sense? That at the end of the day, we still have things to figure out. And we're unapologetic about it. We're on all autopilot. Old programming takes over. Old programming takes over. Right? Okay. Old programming, like I come from, from a Christian background and I'll find myself, I can't listen to Christian talk radio. I can't listen to any of those things. I could see myself going back to a place of shame. Mm. Okay. Okay. So Will Smith is still just a human being at the end of the day. Yes. He is just as human as the next guy. He's just perfected his, his sense of ego and he has perfected the art of acting. He has perfected the acting. He's to so use it to his benefit. He is so rich now. He doesn't care about the Oscars. Why would he care about the Oscars? Who cares about at the end of the day, who cares if the 
if you've got an Oscar nod. He's already won, so it doesn't. Yeah. Like, how does it affect him? It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. He's a gazillionaire. Money that none of us will ever see he has. <laughs> I remember watching, do you know a show called um, Undercover Boss? I've seen a few episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like, like two. I've seen like two episodes. And one of the episodes talked about the more money you make, the, the less you have in common. So that's why they bring the boss yeah, who's million, who are millionaires and are working with the people that they barely give a living wage to. Right. So that they can see how far removed from humanity they've become. And I truly, I carry that with me because I believe it. The more money you make, the, le- the you're going to have some problems, absolutely. But you're not wondering how are you going to make your car payment. You're not wondering if the lights are going to be turned off. Like, you have different sets of problems. You don't have poor people problems. It's trying to stay alive, okay? <laughs> so right? you'll freeze to death. So I love the concept of it, but really... How long is that going to last? Because you're still sitting up there comfortably. Like you, you have a moment of realization and then you go right back to where you were. That's because- the acting. That is the acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly, I don't think I will ever forget being as poor as I was when I was a little kid, but you never know. Well, there's a re- there's a reason why wealthy people will unalive themselves because they will not go back. They rather not live than be without their yachts or whatever. I used to have a uh, ex son in law that would call uh, wealthy people saying, um, "You haven't made your boat payments, so we're oh, going to come get." This was during the recession. He was having to call these people and say. You know, your vehicle, your boat, your this, your that, you're delinquent on all these. And I'm like, whoa, people with money have problems too. And yeah. then and I, when I lived in Arkansas, um, there was a couple that were real estate moguls and they off themselves. And I'm wow. like, but they have money. And they're like, it got taken away. Right. And I'm just like. You you would rather not be on earth than to live in, you know, something smaller, a one bedroom, you know, one bath apartment, because you're so worried about what other people are going to think. You're living high on the hog and then you have nothing and you're living like the rest of us and you cannot handle that. I'm like, damn. Can you imagine? That's the acting. I can't let my I friends. I would rather, I would rather die than, than be, be poor. impoverished. Yeah. What? And but when you're always poor, like you have a couple of bucks, you're happy. But yeah, it's such a different mentality. People who have money, and, and I remember this 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 young man that I learned so much from him. We used to work together uh, making uh, solar panel boxes the converter boxes right and he was working nights and he was going to school during the day to become an engineer and he got me start- he's one of those people that 
I was always complaining about whatever the right was complaining about, I would complain about. And he knew that. He knew it. So he would try to word it in a way that would make me think and it would hurt my head. So <laughs> because I was acting. Because I was acting. And he knew how to get to me to make me think. So he was like, how do you hurt rich people? And I'm like, I have no freaking clue. He's like, you make them poor. And I wow. carried that with me for the longest time. Because he knew I was, he knew I was acting. He knew it. I would be self-deprecating. Am I saying that correct? Yeah. About my weight and being a slow runner and he goes I don't feel in very good company when people self-deprecate and I didn't know what that word meant I just knew there was something I was saying that was upsetting him you'll find that nursing homes are full of actors and, that, and that's what I was saying is that people will live their entire life acting. And how do you know you're acting? Nothing ever changes. It's the same play every single day. Example, I would get up, I would go to work, I'd come home and watch TV, and then I'd go to bed. I'd get up, I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd eat, I'd watch TV, I'd go to, like, that is the acting. That is the same play over and over and over again never changing it's safe right and now being in the audience i can come and go as i please i go i'm telling you i have more fun now living my authentic life of i choose what i'm gonna eat I choose what activity I'm going to do for the day. I choose who I'm going to interact with. I choose to where I spend my time, which is so different from acting. So different. So when so, you're, in, they, what do they call it? The hamster wheel. That's another way of putting it. Living on the hamster wheel. It's the same thing day after day after day. My day is different every day. Every day. I don't live the same day twice. I live the same day for decades. I no longer do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're open to new experiences. Oh, yeah, I welcome Always them. open. Open, open, open. Not living in fear. Not um, in fear of change. Be the change. I, I've lived on burger, fries, soda, burger, fries, soda, burger, fries, soda, breakfast sandwich, hash browns, soda. Like you, I could eat the same things all the time. I probably had 10 different things that I would eat every day. And now it's probably a hundred or 150 different things. Th that's what, that's what I would go through the drive through every day six, seven days a week ordering the same thing day after day after I lived in the drive-thru. I wore out my driver's side window. I'd been through the drive-thru so much, sometimes two times a day, sometimes up to three times a day. So what were you thinking when you, when you would do that? What, what were you thinking? I have to it's hurry up and eat and get back to work. 
So it all stemmed from fear, really, you know? Oh, yeah. That whip was always coming out. Got to get back to work. Got to get back to work. Got to get back to work. And then I started eating lunch at my desk for years and not taking breaks and see what a good little worker bee I am. Look at me. I'm chained to my desk. Notice me. Nobody cared. (laughs) Yeah, no one cares. They, They were more concerned with themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody to pat me on the head anymore. I was always looking for that pat on the head. And I say this on my TikToks. I am no longer a loyal fucking dog. Nope. 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 Mm -mm. But yeah, I was. And don't. Oh, this was the other thing. When people would say, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Um, Why is it I would want to bite the hand that feeds me? Maybe because they're beating me emotionally mentally you know what i mean mean? the questions yeah right right ask the questions when you're standing there like now this is important for me to get out because now that you brought up work is that i finally after decades of working for companies found one company that valued me as a human being, right? Mm -hmm. I had never in the history of jobs ever worked a job where they valued me as a human. And um, at that time, I was making $23 an hour. And I worked my ass off for that $23 an hour. And one day I was just like, I can't keep doing this job, even though I love it. I'm not making enough money to pay my bills and work this job because you had to drive your car Mm -hmm. right to patients homes and see patients in their homes. And you did post-surgery care and shit like that. And I actually went to them and I asked them for more money. And they were like, okay, we're going to get that more money for you. Whoa. So then I, yep. I never had a job like that that would do that for me. And then they got sold to another company. Ooh, that's and now, good. Now I'm on PRN. So I'm an employee there, but I'm not really working for them right now. But if you've gone decades and you're still not fucking valued as a human being, you're acting. You, I I told myself, I'm done acting. I need to be valued. This is my work. I work with integrity. Okay. I've seen nurses that don't give a shit. That absolutely could care less. Okay. Um, And then there was me. And I've always been the one that like goes above and beyond, calls the doctor, um, you know, if if they need to go to the hospital, I'll stay with them until they actually physically leave for the hospital. Shit like that. You know, my documentation is on point. I don't leave anything out. But that kind of integrity isn't for everybody. Okay? And that's in every job. Well, and 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 acting, I can tell you that I that I didn't realize I was doing this. Whenever I'd go to an interview, 
I was going to be whatever they wanted me to, 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 to be. And I would say, like I was trained and conditioned to say what they wanted me to say so I could be a good candidate. And I didn't believe a word of it. But I knew if I wanted the job, I had to say these things. And I would let them come out naturally. Like I said, I deserve an Oscar, Edith. I'm telling you. (laughs) And in my later years, I got tired of trying to fit in. Because once I got myself in there, I hated it. And then I started being authentic with when they asked me a question, I did not care if they liked it or not. I wasn't trying to get in. I was trying to fit to see if I was a good fit. And if I wasn't, okay, fine. Good. Thank you. I was honest with you. You're honest with me. You know, and it could have been the other way around. Like I was myself. They offered me the position and I was like, eh, not really feeling it. So having that choice when you're authentic versus please, 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 God, I will never ask you for anything ever again. Just let me have this job. Like that stopped. I stopped doing that. Like, mm-mm, nope, I can't because do this when anymore. You come to a job with lack, they smell it. They smell it. They smell it. I mean, and, and then they'll use, that's what they're looking for. But if you go and you think you have value and you're like, here's what I have yeah. and this is my value and this is what I expect from you and you know a good company who's like, okay, all right, we can, we can do that. We can do that. We want you. We can do that. So you, Mm -hmm. you always have to have a number higher than you think, always higher than you think, because if you go in and you're like, well, and that's what I used to do to myself. Well, if I, if I ask for this amount, you know, I never wanted to go very high on the dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And I mean, don't say like $90 an hour, but <laughs> I mean, I would be like, okay, what, what is the going rate for this kind of occupation? How many hours a week would I be willing to work? At what price am I willing to do that? And then you come to the table with that amount. That's being real. Mm-hmm. If you sit down and you just eat, if you, like you said, a loyal fucking dog. And we love dogs on the Naked <laughs> podcast. I have a dog. <laughs> yeah. No, no disrespect towards dogs. No, not a Zero. one. It's the best I can come up with of how I feel I used to be. Please pet me on the head and throw me a treat once in a while. Please, please, please look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm adoring you. I'm sitting on your lap. Like, please, please just love me. And I don't do that anymore. Because you feel like you have more value. You put a lot of effort into your awareness. Uh, and your look, you take good care of yourself. You take good care of your body. So story time. I think you might find this pretty funny. Do it, girl. Okay. So when I was younger, I loved young men. I would kiss anybody, right? Well, you know, that was in my circle, my friends, my Mm -hmm. guy friends or whatever. 
And as I started to get older, I started to notice how out of shape all of my guy friends that I went to high school with that were so super cute, they're all out of shape. They all have beer bellies. They smoke, rotted teeth. (laughs) They stopped caring. They stopped caring. Stopped caring. I got a friend who's got Parkinson's disease. Poor guy. Mm. You know? Um, But when I was younger, I looked at looks. Everything was about looks. Yes. Yep. The packaging. Your hair, your nails, you know, what kind of clothes were you wearing? Where did you go out to? What kind of hobbies did you have? Who did you date? That kind of thing. And um, there was one guy in particular, and he was hot. And I won't tell you his name. He was like six foot eight. Damn. And he was hot when I say hot, but he didn't have a dime. He had no money. And I remember running away from my home and going to live with him in his home. And he lived in a trailer. How did that go? It was fine for like a month. (laughs) And then reality hit. And then reality (laughs) hit. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I want my bed back. Uh, We were poor, but my bed was still nicer. And you went off the cuteness. You're like, that only lasted so long. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's what we do, though. That's the, that we act, we'll, we'll, we'll be broke ass dogs. We will be broke, but we'll get our hair done. We'll get our nails done. We'll attract the man or whatever, the woman, if you like women, um, will attract that person. And then when we take off our fake nails and our false eyelashes and our makeup and everything like that, and they don't love us like they do when we're all made up. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why. Shallow. In the shallows. We're shallow. We can yeah. be shallow. We can be shallow when we're acting. And, and the funny thing is, it's two actors together thinking they're getting over on each other. And you're like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time? Yeah. This whole time? Yes, the whole time. And then as you get older, you know, somebody may have a nice house and a beautiful car. But it's like, how much in debt are you? Like, you know, is this all finance? Like, you start asking questions. The Cute ain't going to cut it. As you get older, you understand uh, it takes money to pay the bills. Start asking more questions. That's all I'm saying. Is yeah. Start asking <laughs> the questions, right? Don't sleep with the guy because he's hot. And then you and then then you wonder when, oh, can we go pick up my car? I left it at the club. So you go to pick up his car and he drives a Honda Accord 2001. <laughs> It's got like a, a dented uh, hood and no license plate. 
cigarettes in the ashtray and um, a box of condoms in the glove box. Right. In, in, in daylight, you're like, oh, why didn't I ask the questions for Christ's sake? What? Why didn't I ask? Because we didn't care. We wanted to be with the cute guy. Oh, he was cute. Please though. like me. Please like me, cute guy. You could have any girl you want. Pick me. <laughs> oh, but he had the Versace sunglasses and he had the true religion jeans. And, um, you know, I don't know what shirt he was wearing, but Affl- affliction. Yeah, he had the Cole Han shoes and <laughs> and all that shit. And you're thinking, oh, this is a catch. No. <laughs> I when I'm 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 gonna tell you a story. True story. Okay, true when story. When I when I met my partner 13 years ago, um, it was the first time I was ever alone. I was I was by myself working 13 out of 14 days. Like I was a working machine. I was paying all the bills. I was I was like, oh my God. I've been alone this whole time with or without someone. And um, we met on MySpace and he asked me to go to one of his softball games. He was doing a double header and he, and I had a little Chevy, a little red Aveo. It's like a roller skate. And I was like, I don't care. This is what I can afford. I, I pay all my bills. I'm taking, I take care of myself. And if he doesn't like that, too damn bad so he pulls up in a little honda or a hyundai elantra and 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 i'm like well that's an economical car right there you know like i'm just like okay and he gets out and he's walking towards me and he looks down and my heart just i went oh no he doesn't like me he was looking at the ground walking towards me like oh god this is not what i was wanting which was the complete opposite but but you know that self yeah of he don't like oh, right in two seconds he doesn't like me i'm like really you know he's still he's showed up he's walking towards you and it's he showed me his phone with my picture on it and i pulled out my phone with his picture on it it was the same exact phone we both had the same exact phone oh and how funny he took my hand and we walked up the sidewalk to the baseball fields and we have been together ever since. But within two seconds, I had already decided he didn't like me. And 13 years later. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, he allowed, not allowed, that's not the word I want to use. He gave me the room to grow. He fostered and, your seed, girl. And he allowed, he, he loved me. I, I keep saying aloud. I do not like that word. He, yeah, he, he gave me the space to grow into the woman I am today, which I, nobody had ever let me do that before. Never. They always tried to keep me a certain way because whenever I would leave a relationship is when I would lose the weight. And then I was like put together again. I had, a, I had a pattern. And then I would be with somebody and then it would be toxic and miserable and I'd gain a bunch of weight and I would just be a mess. And then we would separate part ways and then I would lose the weight, put myself together again. Like that was my pattern. That's what, and I couldn't put two and two together. So I was put together when I met my partner and um, he gave me the space to grow and he loved me unconditionally. And I have done more growing in this relationship because I feel safe. 
I feel accepted. I feel validated. I feel important. I but feel you like did I'm that an equal. For yourself. You oh, didn't do any of that. No, 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 no. Right, right. But there's people that can get that you can allow to get in the way of that. Yeah. He stood back and let me figure it out. And that made us closer. And that's all I ever needed. But I'm not, I'm, I'm, I was just as equally to blame in the former relationships of, I can't have you change because then you'll leave me. If we're going to tell the truth, if we're going to be authentic, I can say that I was just as guilty of trying to keep somebody from growing. So of course there's resentment. Because do you think that was like, I don't think that was, um, I don't think you were aware of that. I think that was something that you were taught by your parents. I mean, and that's codependency and that's the acting that we're talking about is that like, um, for example, I said in the last podcast to my husband, why aren't you more angry that I'm in a strange country and you're not here and I'm all by myself and you know, don't you feel a little helpless? And that's no way he didn't, he was like, do you really want to tell me all that shit? I wasn't concerned, but now I am, you know? Uh, And how are you with that now? When he said that, I, I was, I was like, you're absolutely right. But you know, I, I was feeling a little verklempt, you know, the Edith sure. in me was feeling verklempt. I was feeling very, I'm in a strange country. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> my people, my people, <sighs> they're not here with me. But, you know, I I'm- believe that attaching my meaning to his emotions is never going to be good. And I'm so happy you said that. There's always these jokes of women don't know how to apologize or admit that they're wrong or, you know, no, grown women do. Grown women go, you know what? I'm, I'm absolutely doing that. And I'm sorry. That's something I need to work on. Right. I love that you did that. I love that you're able to say, this is what happened I said this, he said that, he went back and said uh, this, and then you went, you know what? I'm doing that. Okay. Yeah. How authentic is that? Like, seriously? It's, when you catch yourself being an asshole, (laughs) and you can say, oh, you're right, that's wrong, I was being an asshole, Instead of doubling down and making that other person feel worse. I was right. really good. I was really good at that. How dare you call me out on my bullshit? <laughs> right. What is your problem? <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, this is a person that cares about me and values me and is not going to lie to me. So when they say something I don't like, I automatically like, whoosh, I shut down and I go, oh, you know what? They're right. I don't want them to be right, but they are right. And I apologize. I'm going to work on that. 
And then it's like this win-win situation when two people are being authentic and, and then you get to grow together and go in the direction that you're meant to be, meant to go forward. Because you're not trying to force anything. Control. That's what the fucking problem is. Everybody wants control over your life. Fine. Take control. What that means is you're not going to include another person in on your bullshit. You're not going to constant, constantly need validation for your crap. You know, you're not going to be need, needed. Um, no one needs to tell you how beautiful you are. You already know. You know, no one needs to tell you you have a beautiful body. You know that already. Look at fucking Lizzo. Come on. She's amazing. I, I, when I say she has taught me so much about body identity. Do you know what I mean? And that we all deserve to be loved no matter what size body we're in. It, it, the body is not a thing. It's not a fucking thing. It's not just, you know, I'll go back to my doctor that I was engaged to in the 90s who would tell me that men wanted a woman with a two inch gap between her legs. Why? Where they needed to go. That's why. How disgusting is that? You're making me think of the movie Tootsie, and I never really understood Tootsie until last week when I watched it. Okay. And they're actors, right? Right. So, so fiance doctor wanted his leading actress to be a certain type, a certain look, a certain way. Uh, Am I understanding that correctly? Right, right. Yep, yep. That was it. His leading lady needs to be like this. Oh, you don't fit that. So, and because Dorothy, Dor- Dorothy um, in Tootsie, right? Um, Dustin Hoffman pretends to be a woman, dresses up as a woman to get a part. And then he actually learns what women want by doing that because he's undercover, right? Right. Trying to get a job. But with, with Tootsie, I've seen that movie a million times and it wasn't until last week that I understood the whole, the whole world's a stage yeah. and, he was act, and he was acting and the Dabney, Dabney Coleman took one look at Dorothy and said, you're not, you're, you're not what we're looking for. And he's like, she's like, what do you mean? Like I have tons of experience because he, he wanted a certain body type. So that whole acting thing, Dorothy had to overcome her looks and show her acting chops, which is, of course, what happened in the movie. But all the BS that women have to go through when you're acting. Exactly. So Stop acting, ladies. <laughs> no it serves one no purpose. needs your acting. Okay, you're not going to be more successful because of your acting. And and that's another thing. Um, When we were saying, how do you identify an actor? An actor is someone who needs external validation at all times. Okay, needs somebody there, flying monkeys, you name it. 
there to validate their emotions. They need a partner that validates their emotions. They need a job that validates their emotions. They live in fear. They're constantly lying. Um, and that is that terminology is a narcissist. That's what a narcissist does. Well, bringing those acting chops out, are you going to get the response that you want? Do you want a standing ovation? Do you want just clapping? Do you want the roar of the crowd? Do you want an encore? Like you, you do this whole spiel, right? Waiting for that validation. And when you don't get it, it messes up your whole day. Because that's what you're that's what you're wanting, right? As you're acting, you want, like you were saying, the validation. How do you validate an actor? You clap, you have a standing ovation, right? You boo, you you, you agree, know. right? There, yeah. there's and all they do is get better when they don't get what they the, the validation that they need. The the acting becomes even even better. That's why authenticity is so hard because you're not, you're no longer swimming with the fishes. You're swimming against the current. You're, you're doing what you want to do. What is it you want to do? That means you might be doing it alone. And that can be scary. That can be terrifying to some people. And that's why a lot of relationships suffer, like you were saying, with the codependency. So I think codependency and acting go hand in hand perfectly. Yeah. Ouch. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Stay naked, everybody. Stay naked. Hello, the NOMT podcast would love to hear your suggestions, so please write us at nomtpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram as nomtpdcast, so please add us there. Or you can reach Kitty Rebellion on TikTok as Kitty Rebellion. And I, Edith, am also on TikTok as Edith Ivy Rosenblatt. So please connect with us on one of those many platforms. And thank you from NOMT Podcast.